Welcome to another episode of the Powerless to Powerful Recovery Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm an alcoholic and addict. As always, our mission is to share experience, strength, and hope across multiple media platforms. The story of addiction and the road to recovery. We are not affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous or any other 12-step-based organizations or groups in any way. And we got another episode getting ready to get what? turned up tonight. Turned up. I got my co-host here, Ronnie, no matter what. What's up, Ron? What's up, Jay? What's happening? How you feeling, bro? Uh, I mean, I've been a little bit under the weather, but I'm feeling good because I got a messy jersey on. I see that. Straight from Argentina. Shout out mom and dad. They went all the way out there just to get me this jersey. Because they know I love me some soccer. Mm. You know, they were on a trip. They didn't go just uh, yeah. for the jersey. But mom and dad are like that. Maybe shout out mom and shout dad. Shout out mom and dad. But Ron, I mean, we have the privilege of being able to be here. Shout out Sanctuary Studios. The opportunity mm. to continue to record in the podcast. We appreciate that. Um, but this episode is special. We got Most definitely. We got Lanny Lloyd in the building. Oh, Lanny Lloyd. Oh my God. Welcome Lanny Lloyd. What's Hi. up, Lanny? What's cracking? What's cracking? And you know, I have we have, I should say, thousands. And first off, thank you. You know, Spotify, we made top ten list on Spotify in our yes. category. We're in 34 countries now. We're getting listeners from all around the world. It's just amazing how this podcast happened. And, you know, I, you know, I started this podcast two days out of prison, right? right I had right. this dream. I had this goal that I wanted to get out, start a podcast, spread the message of hope to anyone across the world who needs it and wants some inspiration and motivation in their life. And I started this thing. I had a laptop and a microphone. And I would record and uh, shout out my wife. And we had, you know, a, a little two-bedroom condo, you know, that my wife held down for me the whole eight years while I was gone. It, we had a baby. There wasn't much room as the podcast progressed. I was in the kitchen. I was in the living room, anywhere I could to, for it to be quiet. And Lanny was on the show. So I know all my listeners out there, you've probably heard it. It's one of the top episodes. But we got her here for the real deal. Holy field. Holy field. I mean, Lanny, where do we record the podcast the first time? Hey, it was dope. Uh, it was it was in Bella's room. In my daughter's room. It was in yeah. Bella's room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah little shot out little table with yeah. crayons all over it. <laughs> fidgets. Fidget, I was, fidgets. I was so nervous. I was playing with her fidgets and I was looking at her princess stuff and like it was cool. It was yeah, it's crazy. Comforting. It was crazy from that from where we recorded it to what it became and, and how good it came Absolutely. out. It's pretty cool. But Absolutely. the equipment that we have now is next level and so you're one of the top, I mean, your message will blow anybody's hair back. It'll make men cry, right? Yeah, and for sure. you know what that is, is God. It's the that spirit. And you, you have the ability me. to do that yes. because God flows through us. Absolutely. Because God wears what, Ron? People clothes. Okay. There's for sure. Okay. All right. And so if you want to hear the other episode, man, go ahead and check that one out. But today we're going to go round two. Round two. You know, um, and I remember when I met you, Lanny, and I spoke at that meeting, and you sat literally right in front of me, and I was making eye contact with you. I was just out of prison. It was one of my first speaker meetings out of prison. I drank a bang for the first time. <laughs> Did I take my shirt off? <laughs> no, no. Oh, I was foaming at you the mouth like, like a pit bull, yeah. freaking sweating, yeah. standing up. Facts. It was crazy, man. <laughs> and, and, you know, we met from there and just, but Ron, how do you know her? Oh, <sighs> Well, mm. well, is, well, well. This is interesting. This which, is very what's ironic. So, everyone knows Jason and I have known each other a very long time. Mm. We knew each other before prison. Um, Shout out to all the telemarketers all out the there. All the telemarketers. Yeah. Um, Keep dialing. So, Smile and dial. 
you get out of prison in four in what three days you'll be out two years. Yeah. So you got out of prison two weeks before me. You met Lanny before me. True. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Intertwined, right? Intertwined through Valerie and, and that meeting. Shout out, Val. Shout out, crazy Val. Ratchet. <laughs> yeah, she's crazy as hell. That's um, my bestie. And I met Lanny at Faith Over Fear at the park. Um, La Padera Park. Man. A lot of magic happened. I scored a lot of goals in that field <laughs> as a kid, brother. Hey. hey, a lot of magic happened there too, huh, Lanny? Ain't that right? <laughs> so... Um, what kind of magic? What are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah. Another we'll show, another that. time? Another or? show, another time. So uh, I end up at La Padero Park because when I got out of prison, you know, uh, COVID was... Yeah, it was still COVID. It was still COVID. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of meetings. And some people told me to go to La Padero Park that there was a group of tweakers there that did a meeting every night. Go check it out. Sounds like a plan. So that's that's where I met Lanny. And I remember the first time I noticed Lanny... Um, Shout out Nova House. She hey. was she was one of the Nova girls, and um, she was in the circle. And it was nighttime. And there's probably about sixty people in the circle, and she was going off, talking about not messing with sober sisters, and we stick together. And she was new in recovery, and she was she's bad. got spirit. Did you thirteen step her player? He sure did. Oh did. shit! He, yeah, keep going. Okay, yeah. all right, okay. And um, you know why they call it thirteen stepping? It's step one plus step 12, which makes 13. Let me share, step 12, my unmanageable life with you, step one, 13. Two dead batteries can't start a car. That's right, brother. Go ahead. This is getting good. This is getting real good. So, uh, you know, I... uh, I tried talking to her a couple times, and, 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 <laughs> and she ran away from me. Like, the meeting, we'd go to pray, and she, I would go to hold her hand. Oh, no, yeah, you want to hold your hand, we'll hold your she'd hand, take baby. take off, you know. Yeah. Um, and little by slow, uh, I kept going to that meeting, and I kept seeing her there, and then we ended up going to... Uh, you were a charmer. Don't 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 bypass that. Yeah, you, yeah well, you know. You try well, to get your whistle wet. Put a couple, deals, right. on, put a couple <laughs> deals on the board, you yeah. know what I mean? Board it. Yeah, you kept checking if my shoes were clean or not. Like, oh, yeah. we'll get there. If you yeah. want to know what that was a reference to, check out Ronnie No Matter What's episode. <laughs> so, but all seriousness, I saw, you know, I was attracted to her and, and uh, we started talking and then um, actions speak louder than words. And I seen the group of people that she was hanging out with. And I seen what she was doing, the service work. Yeah, they're rock stars. Yeah. The whole crew is. Being involved. And I knew that I had to attach to that. Mm -hmm. And um, I did. I attached to that. I got a service commitment in that home group. I made that my home group. Fell in Um, love in the home group. Fell in love in the home group. You know, uh, met the woman of my dreams. Got engaged in Christmas time. she did. You know, you've known me a long time. I do. I have. You couldn't have called that one. I, yeah, <laughs> most of them I've seen coming. You know? <laughs> but I, I wouldn't really say that, right? Like I've watched you guys meet, work a program. You guys fell in love through recovery, right? Right. Through service and through faith over fear and going to meetings and and spending that time and going on retreats and going to the hotels. And- I must say this too. For anybody who's listening, you're new in recovery and you think getting in a relationship is a great idea. It is a great idea if you're ready to put in the work. True. It takes work. It definitely does. It takes work. Because if you don't put in the work, well, then you're going to have resentment and you're going to have you're going to have all these character defects that come out. And uh, a lot of things are going to happen that are going to be unpleasant. But if you continuously work on yourself and allow your partner to work on their self... Um, Things we're, can be beautiful. We're not saying go run and jump and get in a relationship no. either. Like, uh, 
It was a long time before me and him actually went out on a date. Correct. Like, yeah. Now, did he try to charm me for a sure. good three, four months? Yes. Sure. but I was like, just out of prison. Yeah, like, what do you want me to do? He wanted to get his whistle wet. Yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I know. What do you want me to do? Happy ending. Yeah. That's <laughs> my- <laughs> um, oh, my God. Um, no, but you guys put in the work. Uh, sure. and, and, we did. And, and, uh, we were both kind of broken. Like, um, not I wouldn't say broken, but like institutionalized, right? Yeah. Because... Uh, we we were set in our own ways, and um, because of the program and because of all the beautiful role models, Kristen and Ian Day, um, we got to work on this relationship. I remember um, walking up to him at New Freedom. We went to, excuse me, we went to a meeting, and he was sitting there, and I played with his ear. Oh, and that was it, right? Oh, like, that's a, that's the that call sign. It. You know what it is now. <laughs> and then what? Then a couple of days later, it was Fourth Fourth of July. A couple like, yeah, Fourth of July. We experienced some things. I I, I got to experience my first Fourth of July. I remember first Holland fireworks Board. in a long time. Yeah, right? first fireworks that I got to see that I wasn't behind razor wire. Mm-hmm. And and I got to spend that with Lanny and shout out Dean and Thank Valerie. You. And and it was funny because. Both Valerie and Lanny knew how important that was to me and Dean. Yeah. You know, and and they let us have that. You know, we were just acting like a bunch of kids. We had all the glowy stuff. Yeah. and But but those are the experiences that that's I That's what get life's to, all about. That's what it's man. all about, right? Yeah. And, experiences. And, and also, one thing I've learned from anybody is I've learned how important... It's easy to say I'm going to put my boundaries up, <laughs> but it's another thing in actually putting the boundaries up. Because, Absolutely. Because having boundaries without consequences is nothing. Yeah, you have to definitely. you have to put those boundaries up, not just and, and I'm not just talking about the two people in the relationship. You have to put boundaries up with friends and family. Yeah. That's the most important part. You could set this, you know, it's a, you know, a boundary is just like a goal, right? You got yeah. this goal, you got this boundary and goals mm-hmm. that you don't achieve, they're called good ideas, right? And setting a boundary, right? Someone comes and they're like, Jay, can I get a cigarette? I don't smoke. Can I get a cigarette? And I'm like, yeah. And in my head, I'm like, dude, this dude asked me so many times. And then he comes back again. And I t- tell myself, I'm going to tell him, right, that I'm done. And I'm setting this boundary, right? And then he comes back again, right? And I give him one and in my head. I'm character assassinating the shit. I got a resentment deeper than the Grand Canyon, dude. Right. Just because you didn't like right? say no. Because I didn't hold that boundary. You know, I think for a lot of us, like myself, I suffer from, you know, character defects like people pleasing, mm-hmm. wanting to be liked, um, wanting to help people to a fault, right? And all those different things. Recovery's taught me how to work on them. But that's, you're so right, Ron. You know, the boundary, you set it, you stick to it. It is what it is. And you guys have boundaries, right? And you guys did it, in my opinion, the right way. You waited for a period of time. You got to know each other emotionally. <laughs> That's the same thing with me and my wife. I almost gave up, dude. She made it so goddamn hard to do the mattress mambo. <laughs> dude, I almost gave up. I've never had to work like that in my life, dude. Right? Right? But I got to know her emotionally. And that's mm-hmm. and that's what you guys did, man, in your relationship today. When we talk about people in recovery, you know, the you know the days and, you know, the other couples that go out there in their powerhouses, you know, you two are one of the top powerhouses in the Valley in recovery, you know, and it's just proof that no matter where you meet somebody, no matter how it happens, right? Whether you fall in love in the med line at the sober living, whether right. you meet at a meeting, whether you meet at fucking food city, whether you meet where it doesn't matter where you meet, 
It's what you do when the relationship starts and how you handle it and you put the action steps in that mm. allows you to have a healthy relationship and you two are living proof of it. Well, well thank you. And before we get, because I know we're going to dive into this story because Lanny does have a, has an awesome, awesome message. That's all right. I just want to take a moment. Can you guys believe this? Yeah, pretty cool. Here we are. Wow. Let's think about just two years ago. Right? Yeah. All of us, like us just getting out of prison. You just coming back from California overdosing. And here we are, members of society. Productive members. Productive members of, members of law society. Law-abiding citizens, bro. Yeah, yeah. law-abiding citizens. That's deep, you, know, you know, we it's a miracle. We're we're at our we're at our place of employment. Um we're all employed, and we're all employed in the field of helping other people. Just so amazing. It's so wonderful. I just, I just want to take a moment right? to think about like that, right? That, that is yeah, God. Man, is two God. years ago. But every journey starts somewhere, yeah. you know, and today we're going to go round two with your story. And it's such a powerful message. You know, Ron said it was a powerful message. I said kind of, you know, I was kidding about that because it's not true. Please don't punch me. Um, you know, so let's talk about that. So... You know, you you were born in California? I was born in California. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, you know, tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in California, the family dynamic. Um, you're Mexican and Irish? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Is St. it St. Patrick's, Day, Patrick's tomorrow, Day? baby. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow. Yes. That's your holiday. That is my holiday. Okay. I, okay. Yes. So why don't you talk about that? Everything yes. that comes uh, with the family dynamic growing up, we want to hear from you. Okay. So like um, I just told you guys I'm Irish, right? I get my Irish side from my dad. My dad's family's from uh, Boston, South Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, Whitey Bulger. Um, the, my okay. dad is the first uh, hitting first that, American. Hitting them armored cars. <laughs> What's that town, movie? The town. Oh my god, oh that's my a god. Here that's we go. a badass movie, dude. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Lenny. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Crazy. Go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, my dad uh, is the first American on both both sides of my family are immigrants, right? So my dad is from Ireland. My dad's family's from Ireland, and he's the first American, right? And as well as my mother. My mother's family's from Mexico, uh -huh. a little city outside Mexico City. My mom's the first American, so that makes me the second generation American, and that's like crucial. You know what I mean? That's You're very like, proud of that. I'm very yeah. proud of it. I'm American. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, American. I'm American. American. You know what I mean? Huh. Um, but growing up, let's let's start with being born in Hemet, California. Um, I didn't know my dad too well. I have older brothers. I have older siblings. How many um, siblings you got? I have seven siblings. They're all boys. Shout out to those men. Hey. Yeah, shout out to them. They're beautiful men, you know? Uh, we're rekindling right now, too, and that's all God, too, yes. you know? So I have two little brothers, and I have five older brothers, and uh, my dad was in the Army, and my dad did, like, four or five tours in Nam, and my brothers would talk about my dad before he would, would go away, right? And I didn't get to meet that man. Um, the last... Last time my dad was at war, he didn't come back rap tight. Um, yeah, he would do some things to you, mm. man. Yeah, like mm. he got into, he, he's always been a biker, right? Harley's was my dad's thing, but he got into some hardcore drugs. And, uh, While he was in Nam? Yeah, like, yeah. and when he came back, he came back ugly and sick, and I get it to... We get it now, right? Get like you now. get it now, right? When yeah. I was a little girl, I didn't get it. No. I didn't get how he went to prison. I didn't get um, 
I didn't get to see the dad that my brothers got to see. Uh, my dad was gone for a long time. Yeah. I remember them being piglets and him chasing the piglets for me to pull their ears so they can squeal, you know? And I thought that was just the coolest thing, and I would laugh from my belly, and that's the last memory I have uh, as my dad as a child, you know? Mm. And... um I remember one day my mom packing up her stuff and my big brother's helping and I'm lost. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, dad's not coming back for a long time. And I remember us giving in the Chevy truck and us tying everything down and a couple of my brothers sitting in the back and us driving far, you know, and we ended up going to Eloy, Arizona. Ooh, Eloy, Arizona. Yeah, that's where my mom's from. They got a Circle K, and that's about it. A prison? Hey, don't prison. forget Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen, Dairy Circle Queen. K, yeah. little store. Wasn't your mom the Lucky manager of Dairy Queen? Don't they have, yeah. they have that one little strip mall, right? Huh? The little strip mall yeah. that used to be a movie theater? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> As a another story, another by. time, brother. Yeah. Oh, story, another time, player. You Oh, you've definitely been there then. Um, mm-hmm. And we moved there, and... Life wasn't so great growing up there. Like, uh, wow, I wish I knew everything I, that I know today as a child, you know. Growing up, think, feeling empty and, like, not good enough. Uh, I thought my parents hated me because they weren't around, you know. And little did I know that my mom was a... Uh, my mom was working three jobs, you know, yeah. so she yeah, could take. I mean, yeah, we're talking about what'd you say, <laughs> seven older brothers? Yeah. No, five older brothers and two, two younger, younger brothers, brothers, seven, yeah. seven kids. Yeah, yeah. and a badass me, at you least know? three jobs. Yeah. yeah, shout out mom. Yeah, you know? she's beautiful. Like, who yeah. does that? Like, who takes care of a grown ass man in prison and his badass kids and put money on yeah. the books? Like, hell yeah, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. and just. Kids that are ungrateful, you know, like I just, I didn't know what gratitude was then as a child. I just thought nobody ever wanted me, you know, and like that was an ugly feeling. Little did I know that she was doing everything possible to keep a roof over our head and food on the table from working in the fields to ugly people at Walmart. And, you know, there's certain seasons at Walmart that people are just nasty just to take care of her kids. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) You were there, Ron. Yeah, I was there. A couple times. So well, when I think about it, so I think about this, right? And it's like, dad goes to prison. That's not good, right? You're a child. You're confused. You don't know. You got a big family, eight total people in your family. Now you got your mom uh, who has to keep everything together. Your dad goes away for a long stretch. You moved to Eloy. So I just assume that you have a lot of free time and you have older brothers. And that leads me to believe that your older brothers were up to, you know, getting high and selling dope. And, you know, and and when you when you no matter how many jobs you work by yourself with with eight kids, you're going to be broke. So I'm assuming there was some poverty and stuff that came in the mix in that. So why don't you share just a little bit about, you know, what that time period was like when mom was gone all the time and you were just home? Oh, it was rough, you know. Uh, I school uh, suffers. Yeah. Um. So around nine years old, I start smoking weed, right? Mm. And um, I'm watching my brothers. That was eleven. I know it trips me out. Anytime mm. we, you know the last guest we had on the show, and they say that, I just think of like my daughter. She's eleven, rolling up a joint. 
It's crazy, <laughs> dude. It's a trip. Anyone who's listening to this episode, think about your, you uh, you know, you got kids. Absolutely. Most of my listeners, it tells me you guys are between 35 and 40, right? So I'm assuming you got a kid, some kids. Yeah. Picture that. Maybe your own life, right? But it just blows my mind at that age. Your brain and your mind is not developing. It's just, and so everything suffers. So talk about what the suffering was like. Man, the suffering, huh? I have some trauma growing up, you know what I mean? Uh, any women out there that ever felt like uh, they were abused mentally, physically, sexually as a child by someone that was supposed to protect them and love them, you are not alone. And what happened to you as a child is not your fault. Mm. Um, growing up, like, uh, I had this hate and this ugliness and this, like, a. Uh, it was easy to be angry. It was more easy to, like, feeling um, violated or lost or trapped in this dark, ugly place where nobody loves you or you're never going to be good enough because you're half white. So your white side don't want to see you because you re- they remind you of your of your mother or, like, your Mexican side don't like your father. And it's either you're a fucking beaner or you're a cracker and nothing ever is good enough. Or at least that's how I felt, you know? It was okay for people to put their hands on me and take wasn't what wasn't theirs to take, you know? But, like, um, I was alone. And it was dark and ugly things started happening that I didn't understand. And I was nosy, you know what I mean? I was one of those nosy ass kids. I'm up nosy to no- as hell. <laughs> up to no I good, know you know? I want to know everything. I like exactly. knowing shit. Yeah. So out from observation of watching my older brothers roll joints and my cousins and stuff, I learned how to roll a hooter hella early. Hooters. Hooters. You know? And he calls them hooters. Yeah, mm-hmm. hooter. I used to call them a hooter, too. <laughs> you know, let's smoke a hooter. We're, I think we're the same age. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, mm-hmm. poor Ron. What's up, old guy? <laughs> <laughs> and so, ultimately, when we talk about the anger of everything, you know, something happens. It's a pivotal, pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. You actually go to juvenile for it. You know, why don't you share? You know, that part of your story. I'm in fourth grade, and uh, I'm smoking a hooter in those big ass tunnels. You know, the concrete tunnels. Yeah, that doesn't mean we need to tell them how old we are, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, and. Some stuff was happening, and I got a pocket knife, a Smith & Wesson, from my big brother because I was tired of it, you know what I mean? The knife was for someone else, premeditated, right? I'm thinking about hurting somebody in my family because I'm sick and tired of them hurting me and abusing me, and so I'm taking this everywhere with me because I'm angry and I'm lost and it's dark, and I'm smoking this hooter and minding my own damn business. I didn't care anymore, like... I didn't care that I didn't listen in school. I didn't care nobody loved me. And the sixth grader comes in the tunnel and I'm smoking weed and he rips my shirt. And he tries to take, he tries to like do things to me, little boys. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're going to learn today. And I, I stabbed him. I sliced him and I stabbed him. And I was so... Oh, I remember that day like no tomorrow. I remember the blood being on my overalls. I remember the white was it bad T-shirt. Yeah, it was sliced like yeah, I sliced but it blood like, like a yeah. Yeah. blood like a fish. Yeah, it's a mere, a mere flesh wound. Scream, yeah, like yeah. you know what I mean. I yeah. never knew boys could scream that loud. Yeah. Like, and uh, 
the principal comes, the teacher comes, my mom comes, and my nana comes. And Jason, for the first time, I told the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, I told the principal the truth. I told the police the truth. I told my mom the truth. I told everyone the freaking truth, and nobody believed me. Mm. And mm. that's when the hate began. You know what I mean? That hate, that rage. Like, here I am begging you guys for help, telling you guys what this little boy did to me. And the people that are supposed to protect me didn't want nothing to do with it. You know? And yeah. Wow. So I go to juvenile hall. But juvenile hall for me as a child wasn't, it wasn't like that ugly place. Like most yeah. most kids would be like, hey, that's pretty ugly. You know what I mean? A carton of milk on, okay, we get chocolate milk like, in elementary every Friday, dude. Every other day we got chocolate milk in juvenile hall. <laughs> that was so dope. And like fresh fresh fruit and stuff, you know what I mean? And like yeah. good meals. and like Thank you, good sir. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes, I get to eat this today, right? And the most cool thing of all was that when those doors locked, mm. they locked. And nobody was going to come in and hurt yeah, me that safe. night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... I loved juvenile hall. I loved it. Like yeah. I loved to I loved to fight girls. I loved I loved it all. Oh, you got that hand yeah. game. I already you know, know you mean? got like, that hand game. I just, there was this discontent and this ugliness that it was I just wanted to be left alone. Yeah, and so I got to go to school. You know what that feel, you, you know what that feeling's like, Ron, with her story and her message. I do. I do. And it's not it's not directly the you know, exact um, but the emotions that are associated with with that type of trauma i mean you can feel that right sure absolutely and 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 that takes on different forms even though like i can relate that to many different areas of my life but when we were in prison right we were such a detriment to ourselves when we were out there using yes there's those brief moments where i was so grateful that i had my cubicle and all this stuff was mine, and nobody was going to come. I, I didn't have to fight for it. I didn't have to get up and go hustle with you in the morning and, and go through all that, that contentment and knowing you're, you're safe, and then you become institutionalized, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Right? It's crazy. Bro. It's comforting. Like, like, after doing my time, I was really excited to get out this time, but, like, I wasn't running to the gate. Yeah. I did the lap. We found recovery, you yeah. know, we, it was, you know. It was the most beautiful time of my life that I thought. And, I had and, no idea this was in store for us. Yeah, and, and I get that, too. I found recovery the last three years. I was the happiest I'd ever been in my life mm. for, for a prolonged period, right? Minus my wife and my daughter not being in my life, right? But, you know, and it's, a, it's crazy because now we get out here, we get to have an amazing life because we do the same things we did when we were in there that made us happy and brought right. us that joy with nothing, that internal peace and happiness. And now we get to do it out here and the external things aren't unmanageable anymore, right? So we have these things now also too that I like. Happiness is internal for it comes from my family and the love I have, my higher power. But I like nice shit too. Don't get me, me wrong. Me too. Right? And so you end up uh, getting out and you go to a group home and you meet Miss T, oh, right? Give Miss, me a give me the quick version of Miss T. Let me tell you about Miss T. Miss T was uh, tough as nails and she uh, she would talk, she brushed my hair, she'd braid it or she'd make it look real cute, you know? She buy me cute clothes and uh, she signed me up for softball and uh, she'd make me in the morning she'd make me sit down and she'd make me uh, 
sound out the newspaper, like paragraphs, right? And she told me that if I didn't sound this out, the sentence out, I wasn't going to go out, go go to like the mall on the weekend. Yeah, you ain't getting no, you ain't yeah, no like, passes. Yeah. Hell no. Or cleaning the bathroom. Like, do you want to know how nasty boys are in group homes? Yeah, I didn't want to clean no damn yeah, bathroom. I did. I, mean, I, did. Like, I just ate seven years in prison with a bunch of nasty ass <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? But well, like, she sounds like an amazing. She, she was so amazing. amazing. She would teach me how to pray and she would like talk to me about God and she would tell me how beautiful I am and how she like, I remember working at new freedom. Right. And I'm sitting there and we're talking about, I am affirmations and it, it sounds so familiar. Right. And then this memory comes back. MST. Having you do affirmations. You're beautiful. You say, look in the mirror, Lanny and say, I love you, Lanny. You're beautiful. And I am someone and no one's going to hurt you no more, you know? And, Oh my God! Like, uh, Turn, I mean, turns out she was right. Yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yes. saying. We, yes. we talked about this yeah, this morning. Right, <laughs> my eyelashes are gonna. And yeah, I gotta babe. say it. I, I came to this realization that because um, I've heard your story so much, and mm. I know you so well, and I know what a role Miss T played. Yeah, in your no life, doubt. And that you are Miss T to so many. She's a new Miss T. You're Mama Bear. Mama Bear. Everybody that knows you calls you Mama Bear. And you are Miss T to so many so many women and men. And mm-hmm. that's something you should be extremely proud of, the impact that you have, because you had that example in front of you of a woman that didn't owe you anything, that made you believe in yourself, and that's who you are today. It's amazing. It is amazing. Ah! And so you end up, you know, you. you had that period of time in the group home and then um, your dad gets out of prison, but, you know, things have changed and, you know, your mom and dad get a oh, divorce. That was a pinchy gringo story. Oh, you, know? you want me to tell the beat? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying not to breathe in here because I'm a big girl, you know, and I feel like I'm going in like hotboxing yeah, in and stuff. Fine, yeah. You'd be hotboxing them joints when you smoke too. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So, like, uh, my dad was never around for a long time, right, in a... One day I blazed, like just blazed. And I, you know, Ben Davison's and how Mexicans used to yeah. dress back in the yeah, day, you I know, remember. had my hair off. <laughs> you had the Nike out. Cortez's like, yes, on. Yes, yeah. exactly. You know, mm-hmm. creased up from the feet up. Uh, my mm-hmm. little skinny. West side? No. Oh, my no, bad. No, 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 no. We're not Connection. gang banging. Connection. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> you know that song? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's the booyah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really want to do that right now, right? Like, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so uh, I walk in, decked out, right? And my mom's sitting on this guy's lap, Jason. And my mom wasn't a flirtatious woman, right? My so mom shocking to you. It was detrimental, yeah, to be right. honest. Like, uh, So I asked her in Spanish, Ama, ¿quién es este pinche gringo? Who's this fucking white boy? Excuse <laughs> my language, you know what I mean? And right. that white boy... Spits fire back at me in Spanish and no me hablas asina, yo soy tu papá. He told me to be quiet, that's my dad, you know what I mean? Don't talk to them, don't talk to them like that. And this man had red hair, red, 
Like, it was your dad? Yeah, it was my dad. You didn't recognize him? <laughs> I never got to see. I didn't remember him the last time I seen oh, him. Yeah, he was three the, years old. And, like, and then, yeah. so, so then he, he went and did all those tours, came back, got, went to prison right away? Yeah. Like immediately? Yeah. Like, okay, all right. Like, like, And I never seen him again. My grandpa, his dad never said a girl, like, because my, my dad's family is like blue collared all day, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like really, really good people. And my grandpa, all my grandpa asked of my father is to never send me to that prison. Little girls didn't belong in that hell hole, right? Mm-hmm. So it kept me from knowing who my dad was, right? Because they didn't want you to go to visitation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I will, he has this long beard, right? And before I walked in, there was a shiny black silver thing outside. And it was loud, and it was beautiful, and I loved how it hummed. Well, I mean, you, you're Mexican. Was it an accordion? No, no, it was a Harley, <laughs> dude. And oh, I was like, bad. like it was loud, and it was. This guy had blue jeans on you. Oh, he had them them dress blues on. Yeah, like, and I was tripping. He's all you know, greased up, and like, who the he was, hell? He was really white. <laughs> it was like it was like really, really white. Here I am banging a brown pride gang and thinking oh, yeah. that I'm hard as hell, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not white. West side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you silly ass. <laughs> um and my dad's white. My dad is like super white. Yeah. It was shocking, you know, like <laughs> and my mom's sitting on him, kissing him and loving him, and I'm like, What is wrong with you? I mean, do you know he's white, you know? Like yeah. he's like really, really white. So, all this racism and this I mean, prejudice that I, I mean, Ron's pretty white too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, he's got a beard. Do you really want to talk about that right now? And he's got a beard and he has grease in his hair. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. just, just a fun fact. He, he doesn't got grease. He's got gel in his hair. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Mm. And so, what ends up happening, you know, because at, what ends up happening at that point is, you know, it's hard when you get out of prison and you try to go back into a relationship. My wife supported me through the whole prison sense. We were, you know, probably more emotionally connected than most. Re- I mean, we did that thing and I made mm-hmm. it difficult. My wife made a newspaper called the Insera Insider. She did that thing for two years every week, made me a newspaper edition that will come out every week and would have Bella's favorite things, what we did, Goodwill thrift shop finds, jokes. It had, it was four or five pages she made for me, right? We visitation every week. And when I had my visits, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. the things that happened during that sense. But my point is when we got out, right, it, it, it's a change. You have to you have to learn how to live together again, right? right? I'm institutionalized, right? She's institutionalized in her own damn way. Yeah. And now we gotta figure out how to do it. And it's not how easy. To like each other again, yeah. how to agree, how to let you take control or like trust, the, yeah. go with the fears, the yeah. resentments, everything we gotta get through. Absolutely. And so I assume that, you know, your parents were going through the same type of thing, but it didn't work out, right? I made their lives hell, Jason. I was a I was hurt for so long and I wanted to know where he was and why he wasn't there. Um, I would tell my mom that my dad was cheating on her because he was. I just didn't want him there. Yeah. He wasn't there to save me when I needed him the most. Yeah, so you're gonna pay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that ends up happening, right? And then 
You go out to you end up at some point though you go out and you live in in, in Las Vegas for high school oh for a God. couple of years. Yes. And then after that you come back to Casa Grande, right? Yeah. Um, back with mom. I'm gonna live with dad. Yes. No, I'm gonna live with mom. No, I'm gonna live with dad. I wanna live with mom. You did one of those things, I right? I sure did, yeah, a couple and, times. And you know, you're 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 getting high, right? I started getting high, yes. Yeah, so you start getting high and then this <laughs> starts this starts the next twelve years of meth addiction. You meet a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some some Boys. kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, I meet this guy, and, and the like, next twelve years is like this. So why don't you just give us what it was like doing meth, finding the needle, everything that came with the next ten years, and everything that came with that? So I'm in Vegas. I learned how to pimp and hoe, right? And I learned how to rob things. I know how to I, I pimp and hoes yeah, and slamming Cadillac yes, doughs. Yes, exactly. How did I know you were going to say that. <laughs> pimp. <laughs> Playing Queen of Spades and uh, uh, I mean Queen of Hearts and Spades, pimping uh, hoes and slamming Cadillac doughs. It ain't easy, brother. <laughs> Do this for my bread and yeah. my meat. I don't, I got, I don't eat. That's right, baby boy. I want that. Don't sneeze. Don't cough. Tear mine's off. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wife <laughs> okay, so okay, um, let's talk about let's 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 get to the point where you start doing meth, right? Like, because so that's where life in- takes a turn. So we started dabbling and I'm like, like, I hung out with people that did acid and hallucinogenics, That's right? our age group, dude. Yeah, it was everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Like that was like my, my go-to. Me too. That's what I got high off of all the time, right? I went through two years because, you know, they used to say, I don't know if it was true, but I think it was true that you could only do it every other day. Yeah. I literally did, did it every, every, day. every, yeah. I tried that, but <laughs> I, then I would basically do it every other day. You've done acid, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. A ton. It's our age. Yeah. It was everywhere. Anyways, I everywhere. keep hijacking your story. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to do it again right now. That's fine. Uh, so I can move back to I Casa mean, the Grande. acid is every... I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's, he's, I'm going to get him right now, okay? Can I do it? Come okay. on. Um, I leave Vegas and there's not like meth... There's not like a, a good supply of acid out there. So I start shooting up meth and... Um, I start sleeping with this boy, and uh, I get pregnant with these beautiful girls. And for a minute, like I, I didn't you mean want twins, right? Yeah. You said plural girls. Girls, okay. yes. And uh, I have to sober up a little bit, right? But I still smoke weed, and I get pregnant with these pretty beautiful girls. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to like interact or like I have social anxiety. Kind of like, I don't know how to be around people, let alone my mom and dad. My mom and dad get back together again. And um, I get pregnant. And I get scared, Jason. Like, I, like I don't, what I, am I going to do? I don't know how. I'm I was 16, never taught. I don't know what to do. Just turned 17 years old, dude. And yeah. uh, am I going to tell my dad that I'm fucking pregnant? Am I going to tell my mom I'm pregnant? Like, uh so, like, for the first couple months, I didn't tell nobody I was pregnant. Like, I was so scared. I didn't Just know. going through it. Like, and I couldn't stop getting high either. So I had to tell him for help because I didn't want to kill these kids either. And I needed to go to the doctor. You know what I mean? I yeah. needed to get some help. And I finally tell him. And uh, my mom's happy about it. You know what I mean? Like, my mom's like, finally, she's going to change because they thought I was a, a butch. I was, they thought I was gay for many years, you know, because I was confused, you know. And yeah. I, I tell her that I do drugs. I 
said, because they knew I would sell drugs or whatever. I'm 17 years old. They can't tell me what to do. I refused to let them know what to do. I was battling my dad to show my dad that I could take better care of my mom than he ever could. I have this vendetta against my dad because he wasn't there to save me. You know what I mean? And Oh, my poor dad, dude. Um, And my mom takes me to my doctor appointments and... uh, there was a feathered beat, like mm-hmm. on the ultrasound. Yeah. yeah, and the nurse looks at me and says, "Oh my God!" And my mom asks her, "What's wrong? Does the baby got a heart murmur?" I didn't know it was the baby's heartbeat. You know, this mm-hmm. is old lady talk. Yeah. I don't have no experience in this. Yeah. And the lady says, "There's two of them." Son of a gun. Uh, uh oh. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I promised to myself that I was going to be this mom and I was never going to leave them alone and I was never going to, I was never going to let them feel how I felt, you know, and I meant it. And you mean that with I'm, everything with that you everything are. Everything in my being. No you doubt. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to protect them, I wanted to give them stability, I wanted to give them safety. But I was never taught those things. You know what I mean? I I didn't know what love was. I didn't know that it was supposed to be pure and kind and grateful. Yeah, no examples. Like none, none. Like my mom was a great mother and she did the best she could. And I will never rob her from that ever again. And my dad's the same thing. You know what I mean? My dad had a purple heart. Who does that? You know what I mean? Like. I just selfish and self-centered and lost well, trauma. Yeah, trauma. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, I can't, and I leave, you know, and I, I start coming back and forth from Mexico, and I start becoming somebody, and um, I had an abortion very young, right, long, many, many years before that, right. So I never have an abortion again. You know, that's another form of trauma that I have that just scared me, you know, like at a very young age, you know. Hell yeah. And um, I have kids and I just keep having kids. And for a while I would get sober because CPS would get involved and I'd be good. You know what I mean? I'd be good to go until they were gone. Like under structure. Yeah. I was great. Like as soon as they took that off and you had some wiggle room. Yeah. Done. Because that's that thinking problem that we have. Because really you say, okay, now I don't have to UA for CPS. I've done all the parenting classes. I know I'm not going to have to see him for a month. They might, yeah, they might drug test me when I go, but I got 30 days. I'm going to do it one time just tonight. I'll stop tomorrow for sure because the kids, I'm doing great. Everything's good right now. And you get high and the phenomenon of craving kicks in and the disease of more happens and more and more and more until you become power. You get raided. You're pregnant with twins. You get raided. You've been pregnant with twins twice? Yes. Two times you've been pregnant with twins. Mm-hmm. Um, you get raided. You have broken relationships. How many baby daddies you got? We'll just five. go there. You got five, five baby daddies. Baby daddies. It's like you live in Compton or something. Two. All them baby daddies. All of them. You know, um... And and the truth of it is 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 every all the kids that you that you have had, you love them more than anything oh. in this world, and you always have, hey. right? Oh, oh, I just man, like uh, I never gave myself enough credit to even embrace those feelings. After a while, after choosing drugs and men over them, repeatedly, so many times. you yeah. know what I mean? Like I I I, I stopped. 
I blocked all those feelings in this box and I, I locked them up and no one could ever bring them out again. It started coming to the point where I wouldn't even tell people that I had kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, because well, of their safety and safety, all the crazy stuff I was guilt, doing. Guilt, shame, yeah. embarrassment, remorse, regret. Exactly. And that's the thing, right? And so recovery is about recovering stuff ourselves, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. What also comes with that is the recovery of the relationships in our lives and the wreckage of our past. We go out, we amend it, and we clear it, and we do all these things. Your kids are coming back into your life. We're going to talk about the good stuff here in a minute. But the point that I want to make is, is all the kids that you've had, five baby dads, everything that went involved in that, you, when you said, I'm going to stop for these kids, I want a good life for these kids, I love these kids, I want them to be safe, I'm, I'm happy, I'm grateful, I just want to be a mom, I want to show them what a mother's like and be different than how my dad and my mom were, I want this for them, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do that, and that didn't change with all the kids over the last 12 years. You always wanted that. I always wanted to be a good father, brother, yeah. husband, and son, deep down <laughs> in my heart. But love is an action word, right? Yes. And when I'm powerless to drugs and alcohol and the phenomenon of craving, right? I don't have any control. It's the baffling feature, the utter inability to leave it alone, no matter how great the necessity or the wish, right? And so when I feel again, when I sober up, I love my kids. I love all the kids. I love everybody in my life, but my actions show that I hate them. I don't like them. Put them in the box, right? Stuff them down, right? Absolutely. And that's the cycle of a spree. Sure. Obsession, desire, relapse, remorse, repeat, 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 repeat. Over and over and over and over. And and so I tell people that all the time. Like in the worst relapse you were just on, in the in the fucking worst of the worst, if I asked you if you loved your kids, you you're gonna say yes. Absolutely. And you mean it. There's no doubt. But your actions don't reflect it. You hate that they don't reflect it. And drugs and alcohol is a solution to that. that don't think, don't feel. Pill. Yes, don't think, don't care. Yeah. So shout out to all the kids, the ones you have contact with. Oh. I know, oh. I know how you feel about yes. about that time period. And today, you're a good mother, and that's Thank what you. this is all about. We yes. got there, and that's why you don't use again. That's why you're not relapsing because when you look in the mirror. You see a good mother, and that's always what you wanted to see. Absolutely. You're a good fiance. You're a good friend. You're all the things that you've always wanted to be. That's what you are today, and that's why you don't need to change Absolutely. the way you feel. Like, I got to embrace it. You know what I mean? Like, But that comes with working the steps, too. You know what I mean? Like, So let's get to that, yeah, right? Let's, let's talk go. about that. So you got sober in the midst of a 10-year prison sentence, right? Oh, yes. And, and, and we've done some prison time here at this table, um, <laughs> you know, just in case anyone wanted to know, right? And anytime you have to break down a 8- to 10-year prison sentences, right, yeah. this is what you tell yourself. Well, the first four or five years, dude, I'm getting fucked up. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and then what's going to happen is, is well, Ron yeah. didn't, which he's, a fu- he's an all-star. Yeah. Right? Ron got sober the day he hit the yard and went fucking running with it right and just became a powerhouse but your story's a little bit like mine right we went wild we need a little bit more data yeah about ourselves and so it all culminates in the year 2014 oh man Uh, in the midst of halfway through just about of a 10-year prison sentence like uh i start talking to my mom and i start building a relationship uh i start uh I started learning how to communicate. There was this lady named Mama K on the yard. Shout out Mama K. Mama K. Like, and uh, 
She told me that I couldn't hold my feelings inside no more, that I had to talk to people about them, and I got to tell the people that are important to me because she's been there for 30-plus years. She's a lifer, right? Yeah. like and Shout out to them. Man. People start leaving. They can teach you so much. So How to mm. see the beauty in everything, right? Even the tears, even the, the firecrackers, even the, the Christmas tree. You know what I mean? Like... If, if it has lights on them, if there's ornaments on them, or what colors they are, or like a, how does the turkey taste when it's freshly out of the oven, or putting apples and raisins and stuffing, like, this is stuff I write about her, like, I try to paint this world out here so she can see it through my eyes, you know? Um, so, one of my daughters died January 14th of 2014. And um, I don't cry. I don't. I don't do nothing. The yard office became my best friend. You know what I mean? Like the, my favorite place in all of the prison that year. Uh, I come back, and I don't think I deserve to cry because the truth is, I didn't go to her parent-teacher conference. The truth is, is that I didn't show up when she needed me to show up. I didn't think I had that right. I thought that I lost all rights of being her mother, right? And. Uh, happened you know and uh, I was walking this road where I was learning how to read and write and because you're in prison now you're in your what, 30s 25 30s ish I was you, 29 years old and you don't know how to read and write I don't know how to read and write um that stuff Miss T used to try to teach me you know and when but I was that's the her, only teacher you had yeah like and uh, I go to her room and I tell her what happened. And I tell her that I'm never going to do school again. That I'm making a choice. That I don't want a better life. I just want a comfortable life where stuff I'm already good at. And she tells me selling your body and uh, selling yourself short is a better life, Lanny Lloyd. I said, I don't know any different, lady. Yeah, well, I mean. And she pulls out a pink ruler. Mm. <laughs> and she says, here's the fucking book. Go practice. Don't leave your room. And you should try crying a little bit. And, and you might feel better. <laughs> <laughs> like, suck it up. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, suck yeah. it up. Lifer, suck yeah, like, come on Yeah, now. you know. And shit, uh, you're preaching to the choir right now. And you're getting out. Go. I read a book. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a little... What a box cart children, you know, is the first the first sequel to it, and I read it, and I, I tell her about it, and I ask her what these words mean, and I start crying, right? And I said, did you give me this book because it's just like a book I should be reading with my daughter? No, I gave you that book so you should, when you get to read it with your daughters that are still living and your sons that are still living, You'll you're going to get to it one day, Lanny. I said, are you giving me these books because you think I, because I, I don't know how to read like an adult? And she goes, no, I'm giving you these books so you can start having an imagination and planning a little bit of hope for you to read to your kids one day. But if you get it, got out of yourself for once and actually hurt for once, you would see that people aren't as ugly as you think they are, mm. you know? And uh, I get this letter in the mail in February, February 22nd, right? 
and I read it to myself and I can actually read this, right? Like I can actually like read it, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's from my Aunt Terry and uh, she says my mom's cancer's back and she's back in hospice to call That's as soon as possible. good. Right? My mom was a, a cancer survivor like three times in a row. But for the fourth time, leukemia came for her, and she couldn't fight it. You know what I mean? Like, she she couldn't. Um, the first time she did it, she did it for her kids. The second time she did it, she did it for herself. The third time she did it, she did it for her grandkids, right? Like, she always would explain stuff like this yeah, to us. Yeah. And over the years of me being locked up, I started asking my mom if I was good enough, if she loved me, or, like, if she loved my brothers more because, like, I finally was being taught how to ask certain questions and like express your feelings. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we started building this bond, you know. And uh, um, I wanted a mom, you know, like I, I wanted my mom, and um, I got to talk to her every day before she died. Um, I got. To, I got to tell her I loved her. I got to make amends to her properly. I believe it was properly because her and my dad didn't deserve any of that. You know what I mean? Um, I thanked her for raising my kids and doing such a wonderful job because they were present in my kids' life. You know what I mean? And that made up for everything that I went through. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. took until 2021. Well, you, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like Your actions gave you that moment. Exactly. You know, like, and my mom died the Easter of 2014 on the 19th. And she went quietly. And, like, I remember them calling me to the yard office. And I remember crying hysterically like uh she was my superwoman, you know. I, I had these expectations and these, these hopes and these dreams that I was gonna make it all up to her, and I was gonna, we were gonna go get our nails done together because that's when Claws first came out. Remember? Uh, yeah, I watched TNT. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we were gonna get our nails done. We were gonna do mom and Nine daughter o'clock. shit. You know what I mean? We were gonna, we were gonna, we were gonna do it, <laughs> and we didn't get to do it, and. Uh, she would tell me that when the girls come looking for me to show her the woman I showed her, mm. I could be, you know, and I kept that promise. And uh, my dad, I talked to my dad about my mom dying and I blamed him for everything. I was so nasty to that man that day and I wished it was him and I yelled at him and why wasn't he there to protect me? Why wasn't he there to make all those ugly things from my childhood go away? Why were my brothers more important than me? And I wish him and my mom could trade places and I'm never going to speak to him again. Nobody ever told me my dad was fighting cancer too at that time, mm. that he had throat cancer. That's why uh, I believe my parents are soulmates. You know what I mean? Uh, my aunt said it best, right? She said, uh, my my dad couldn't live without my mom. Six months later, he was gone too. You know what I mean? No matter all their drama and no matter how much chaos I, I did, like, they always found a way to mend things and come back together. You know what I mean? Like, and my dad ends up dying December 26th of 2014. This year was the worst year of my life, dude. It made me... Uh, 
before I found recovery, I went on a bender, right? I started fighting people. I started selling drugs. I started doing black in prison. And I was fucking higher than a kite. Mama Kay didn't talk to me for a whole month because she knew that I was going through some on things. That bullshit. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, she locked me in the room and she looked at me and uh, she says, do you want to die this way? Because I'll leave you alone if you want to die this way. Or do you want to be there when you walk out of that gate and get to hold your children? Because I'm never going to hold my children again. <sighs> do you want to hold your children again? Or do you want to be selfish and self-centered still? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about, old lady. He goes, oh, she says, oh, you do, you know? She threw the big book at me. She says, never in my wildest dreams did I think that this book would ever come into handy for anybody, but you're the hopeless variety being hopeless variety variety miss lloyd that fucking stung you know what i mean like oh, that don't that, sound good like <laughs> that don't sound good no. like no, that's me like yeah. this lady would have was Damn, she's about right. it you know like good call mister <laughs> right call. and uh that lit fire under my ass dude i passed my eighth grade literacy yeah you did flying colors dude like a all 12th grade, 12th grade, 12th grade, 12th grade. Like, it, it did something for me. Oh, and feels good. Yeah, and I was cool. And I was like, okay, now I can start making uh, 35 cents an hour, right? Because we're on these phases back yeah, then. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I'm finally going to get something one. more I'm than going to a phase bar two. of soap and some conditioner, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, fudge. Yeah. Um, then you get your your high school diploma. You learn yeah. to read and write. No, they sent me the minimum, bro. Like, you know, like... Uh, Excuse me. I didn't do that until I got to minimum, okay. right? All right? And uh I was mad, dude. I go back a couple weeks later, the CO4 comes and gets me and says, You dropped this amount of points. And for the first five years of my sentence, I got tickets galore. You know what yeah. I mean? I was never leaving, you know? Like You're on four yard? Yeah. 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 Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, It's time for you to go. And I said, I'm not going nowhere. Where am I supposed to go? You're going to minimum. Minimum like to Pedro, Paestua, you yeah, know, what, Rosa. What are we talking like, about here? what kind of minimum am I going to Mansell? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. And he, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't uh, know. Bullshit. It's right there on that paper. What's <laughs> yeah, the code? You know. What's the code, uh, brother? They don't even want to tell you. Like, no love, right? A03. I signed this paper. I talked to him for a little bit and I go back to my cell. It's. Eight o'clock lockdown. I finally lay down. I'm thinking I'm not gonna leave for a couple weeks, bro. And next thing you know, they knock on my door and tell me to pack up, make sure you're ready by this next count. I walk into a yard the next morning with uh, 1,300 women in camp, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Hey, Two men cell, five years in a row. You know what I mean? Just did lummy time like there was no tomorrow. Maria Cruz, not, no problem. And then all these girls and all this. Is it stuff. a dorm? No, it's dorm status, but 1,300 people, though, like six different airplane holders. Doom, yeah, doom, okay, doom, all right, doom, yeah, you know? yeah, I got you, I know. Like, what the Like, whetstone. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, this is crazy. A side, B side. Yes, yeah. A, B, C, D, yeah. Yeah, they had the four big ones. Yes, yeah, the yeah, four yeah, sides. Yeah. So they had the divider with the little door they yep. would lock at night so you couldn't go over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, 
but that's where you work the steps, right? Like yeah, you end I up, did. you end up meeting Colby, Colby, Colby Love, Love, Colby Love, Divas. Let's go. You played softball in the Divas. You met uh, Colby Love, which big shout out to her. She's Colby huge in the recovery Love, yes. community. Respect to you and all the great yes. things you do for all the women, men too, but mainly the women you sponsor. You're a shining light to them. Yes. Um, and you started to work the steps and you started to see some results. You know, they say in the book, half measures avail us nothing, right? right. But I'll tell you what, if you at least stop using mm-hmm. and you try at the steps, right? And you give it effort, some, at least some effort, your life still will get better. Oh, better. For sure. Right? Better. But what you're getting is relief, not recovery. Right. So your life starts to get better. Right. You see some results, but you weren't honest. I was not. And then you get released in 2019. Yeah, I do. Right, Dude. you go to the Skelly House. Hey, shout out to Skelly Yes, bang bang. Yes, yeah. all day, all day. Yes. Shout out Val. I know she I was love there. You, yeah. Val, yeah. that's my baby. And um, you, you know, I go to the Skelly House right, and uh, uh, I, I get my stuff together. Uh, I got a, I got this job from the secondhand store with a forklift driver. It's an amazing job. I learned how to do the button. <laughs> yes. Yes. And these women are strict, bro. Like, Shout out. These women. <laughs> uh, Mama Tony. I mean, Mama Tony, right? Yeah, I mean, Mama's. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of mama forms, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no doubt. No doubt, though. Yeah, and we need exactly. those people we in do. our lives. We do. I need, gr- I need great examples of fathers in my life, right? Yeah. And great examples of men in my life. And today, I have them. You know, the relationship with my dad today means the world to me. Absolutely. Mm. I would give anything for that. That That's something so special. And that's something I tell the girls at the house, too. Like... Uh, our parents did the best they could. Like See, that's parents, one of the bi- mm. the biggest resentments a lot of people have against their parents, you know. And maybe they just didn't know how to love. Maybe they just weren't taught that either, you mm. know. Like there's so much that goes into it yeah. that if we had take the time to have the awareness to assess the situation along with our own actions, we get to find peace, right? And that's what we're looking for. Forgiveness. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But it's peace, peace for us. Exactly. And that gives us the ability to move, move forward. Yeah. And you start working recovery and things are going good. You want to say something, Ron? You're looking like you just want to get with the business. No, no, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting here just looking at the two of you. And I'm just, like I said in the beginning. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We're here, dude. We're, We're here, here, baby. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to. So no, I didn't met a guy. Let's just say it. Just say met a guy. guy. I made the the guy. Not this guy. guy. (laughs) No, she got thirteen step before. uh, I make this guy my higher power, right? Oh, and the truth is, is I never really worked on myself. I never like. I have a lot of childhood trauma. I have these skeletons in my closet. You weren't honest when you worked the steps. You missed that part. I didn't. But I started to with this lady named Tara, Mm. right? And uh, shout out to Tara. She's the first person in the whole world that told me what happened to me as a child was not my fault, right? And that that meant the freaking world to me. First person ever that told you that. First person ever that told me that, ever in my life. You know what I mean? Like, and that meant that that started that changed to everything. heal something in me, but it, it also scared the me. 
that it also scared me, and I never finished my four step with her. It, yeah. it, it, it like I cheat. I meet this Cheesed guy. Up. I go oh, to. I moved. Moved to Longpoke, California. It mm. was not the man of my dreams. It wasn't. Mm. It was just another sickness for another Bad picker. sickness. Picker's shattered, mm-hmm. beyond broken. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Non-fixable. <laughs> I'll make him better, and he'll make me better exactly, at the same time. You know. I relapse and I go hard in the paint in Longpoke, California. And I said, Arizona's a problem. I'm not the problem. Arizona's a problem. Right. If I move to California, I'm not going to get drunk. It's going to be all high, good you know what I mean? Like, everything's going to be great. Maybe they have even better drugs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no. Makes sense. No, it didn't make... Um, I start partying really hard. Uh, I still have connections with Valerie and Tara and amazing Come back. Women's. We miss you. Yeah. You, you <laughs> idiot. Yeah. You're stupid. He's going to yeah. ruin your life. We got your room still. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly how it yeah. went. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what we have our fellowship. We have our people. <laughs> and we know, we know and love each other. We have intimate relationships with the people in our life. Not sexual, right? Yeah. I'm talking about intimacy. Yes. The genuine sharing of one's true self with another. Exactly. That's how we get to love and know each other so when we see things we got to give everybody the dignity to take their own journey sometimes we got to love them from afar but the love doesn't stop and when the time comes we let them know we're ready for you yeah right absolutely and that's what they did and and the point came after an ice cube and a and a narcan Two gay guys, Santa Maria, San, Santa okay. Barbara. Shout out to you, men. You know who you, you are. You know what it is. I will be sending you guys this as soon as it comes out. Thank you so much for not being scared of calling the cops, for fighting for my life, for hitting me with the Narcan and putting an ice cube where it did not belong. Ooh-ha. But thank you so much for saving my life. Mm-hmm, sometimes. Um, yeah. That's some gangster <laughs> shit, though. Yeah. Hey. Straight up. Because in that moment, you're high. Yeah. This is happening in front you of know, you. Like, Your first instinct is, I got to get the hell out of here, right? But they didn't. They didn't leave me they in the saved, gutter. They like, called the cop. They saved everything. your goddamn life. Yeah. Respect. Like, like they weren't they weren't Straight worried up. about getting in trouble. Yeah. Like the laws are different in California. I don't I don't know what they were thinking, you know. Maybe I should ask them one time, but all I know is that I will always forever be grateful for these two men and the women in recovery in Longpoke, California. California Man, Mindy, I love you. Thank you. Like she bought my plane ticket. She's like, you need to leave him. Two days later, I am leaving to the airport with a little bit of a black eye on a good one, coming down, and I get on the plane, and it's all, like, rainy and foggy, and I'm on the plane, and next thing you know, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm no longer high. I'm jittery, and it doesn't feel good. I don't like uh, that shit. Mama, Tony, Priscilla, uh, Yo-Yo, and uh, Rashawn, Valerie, they show up, dude. They, yeah, the they Scaly did. House crew showed up, and uh, they. I remember Priscilla taking my um, my drug test, and she said almost everything on that sixteen panel hit. You know what I mean? And all because I wasn't good enough for that man, so he could just choose me. All because like he cheated on me. All because I wasn't good enough, and I didn't. I had reservations. Excuse me. I had no business moving to California. I had no business putting a man before me or making a man my higher power when I had everything I needed right here at home with beautiful women, you know what I mean? And 
I remember the next five days in the hot room, bro. And uh, yeah, you detox right at the house. They do the Skelly House. Yeah, Skelly House stretch changed. So yeah, they're hard. like, yeah, I know there's 17 detoxes yeah. in the valley, but yeah, no comfort springs yeah. for you. No, you hell you're, no. you're doing it here, homegirl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cold turkey right yeah. here. You ain't like a like they like. I love the Skelly House. I grew into a, a beautiful person. Tara Before was your sponsor. Left, yeah, Tara. Tara's stuck with me for the rest of her life. She already knows what's cracking. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember. I remember crying. I remember shitting on myself. I remember throwing up. I remember shaking. And I remember every day at least four women would come knock on my door and take me out to smoke or bring me something to eat or bring me Tylenol. Um, I remember. The first month, I remember working working as a landscaper because I couldn't pass a drug test yet. And Tara getting me, Tara waiting for February to come so I can get a job throwing iron and steel, right? And I remember uh, that first 30 days was the hardest 30 days of my whole life. I had to ride the bus everywhere. And on 23rd Avenue in Indian School, it ain't the best place to ride the bus. There's always paraphernalia and all kinds of stuff everywhere. So I trained myself not to look down when I walked, right? Like, and then um, stuff started coming together and it hurt leaving that person there, you know, because I became obsessed over that person. Like I was obsessed over drugs and alcohol, right? Like it it was sick and corrupted, right? Like just crazy stuff right complete opposite of what i know today right Well, all those experiences right once we put pen to paper we get honest we sit down we analyze it in the four step we start to see what we want going forward in the future we realize we don't have to settle for bullshit anymore and we don't go out looking for a relationship and then god then god provides one a big one a big one i got a john wayne yeah hey that that's for in a minute though right yeah Uh, so I started working my you got John Tara, Wayne. right? You I do, do got a job. I got you a damn do. good John Wayne. Yeah, you do. Yeah. He's all right. He's he's mine. He stuck with me. Mm. Yeah, a little bit, huh? How's it go, Jay? Mm. <laughs> 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 what are you gonna do, huh? <laughs> um, I start working my steps right this time and uh I start going to meetings and for the first time I start listening to Tara and I become of service. She puts me on the roast roundup committee, she puts me on the um the CMA committee, um, I'm with Faith Over Fear, and as soon as I get out of the Skelly House, I start running uh, running meetings and stuff. And uh, You had so many damn service commitments. You get, so you, many. You, you were, I used to call you my agent because yeah, you would book like, me for speaker meetings twice a week. I, I was would. on fire. Yes, I yes. missed that shit. <laughs> me too. You I was all back. over the goddamn baby, place. <laughs> we know, baby, yes. come back. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it right there. Um, I meet Ron. Uh, I'm working at. The, I'm I'm throwing iron and steel, and uh, he's 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 a charmer. You know what I mean? And uh, he's nice to me, and he he does these nice corny things that girl, girls like. My sponsor always tells me I want a man that's going to be kind to me. Like, and I didn't understand what kind meant, right? Because yeah. this I w- is new to you. Yes, yes, right? I didn't even know how to be kind to myself. How was I going to let somebody else be kind to me, you know? And he's kind to me. He uh, tries to talk to me, and I get, like, 
shitty. Yeah, all the time. Like okay, just throwing I, I'm it out just, there. Yeah, stick up yeah. for my boy. Yeah, I was yeah. I was pretty shitty because I was really hurt and like damaged and I was well, scared. We're, we're you know? in recovery. We're parents yeah. of things, you know. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. He scared me a little. He bit. He likes crazy. Trust me. He does. <laughs> I remember we start uh, we start dating. We told we told each other we weren't together in a relationship mm. the first week, and you uh, made a little piece of paper. Yeah. You folded up a little football. <laughs> <laughs> Check the box. Yes uh, or no? Yeah. That's just cute, though. Uh, I am that way too, yeah. deep in heart. Ash will <laughs> Ash will get all shitty and be like, "No, nah, you haven't done nothing for me." But in my heart, that is me. I'm going to tell you the backstory. Yeah. So when all that was going on, obviously I was talking to Jason about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and uh, I remember <clears throat> Jason and I had some conversations because we have a lot of history, especially when it comes to me and healthy relationships. Mm. Um, and uh, <laughs> I got a ton of experience. <laughs> and um, <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, too many restraining orders. I just, thought about, the I just thought about something. Yeah. What did you think about? Oh, shit. <laughs> I thought about one time I was going to go pick him up for work at our telemarketing <laughs> office. And him, he's in the front of his car. She threw his keys. They can't find him. So I had to come pick him up. She's she's got his her laptop in her hand. His ex, Becky, right? <laughs> and they're ch- he's chasing her around the car, right? <laughs> oh, he's going crazy, dude. It's like eight o'clock in the morning. And they live in a nice, nice neighborhood, yeah. like in Chandler, yeah. and they're wiling out. Ron's ties halfway on, <laughs> shirts untucked. He's foaming at the mouth. He's trying to. That was. That was a Tuesday. Yeah. You know wow. what I mean? That was a Tuesday morning. That <laughs> checks out. That checks out, though. You know, yeah. like, I remember. And then what I, t- I told her, you knew what you were getting into. Calm yeah. down. Yeah. Get in the car. We got a morning meeting to handle. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, but I remember when all that was going on and I was talking with Jay and, and, um, because, you know, when I, you guys know our story, and when, and when I got out and we were doing what we were doing. You know, I I respect Jason's opinion. You know, uh-huh. um, it's my little brother, and uh, I remember talking to him about you. Right, we were having these conversations, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he would just listen. Yeah. For the first time in my life, I was able to have healthy conversations with men in the program who genuinely cared about me, who didn't have an opinion, who just listened, and. And that helped me, right? That helped right. me get through all that. And plus, and then your sponsor saying we couldn't have sex for 90 days. <laughs> no, it was 30 days. It wasn't 90 days. No, so it, it felt like nine years. It, no, it was 90 days, and we lasted 28 days because Good I paid you rent to come stay at my house. Oh, baby. Just tell all of America yeah, that, baby. You know what <laughs> it is. Dang. So anyhow. And, rents and, and, and rents paid. Netflix yeah, and chill. Yeah. It's going down tonight. Yeah. Baby, come back. <laughs> I'm on restriction. My rent's not. <laughs> Put that pass in. <laughs> Put that pass in. Oh, oh my I'm on, God. I'm on restriction. I'm over there giving Sean the money. <laughs> I remember that. She talks about that to this day. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I remember. I remember that. Like, I remember. Uh, I remember. Liking my job, right? And then everybody started talking about working in recovery. And um, I wanted to work in recovery. And um, we started getting close. All of us started getting close, you know. And uh, you called me one day. And uh, we were actually broken up. 
Valerie told me to call you. You called me back. And uh, I start working this job. And I'm working my steps. And I'm being being present. And I'm helping others. You know what I mean? And my life starts coming together. I ask you to help me with the resume. Remember that? Mm-hmm. You helped me with my resume. I did your resume for yeah, you. Like, I did your resume and filed the application yeah, for you. Because I didn't know. I wasn't tech savvy then. Like, I'm so much better. Now you'd be so proud of me, dude. I, <laughs> I am so proud of you. <laughs> like, I'm so much better. And that's the com- thing. I always believed in you. In that <sighs> period of time when you asked me for help, this is my brother. You guys broke up, yeah, right? We were way broke up. I was like, yeah. shit, if you break up with my boy, you're dead to me, right? Yeah. Right? But that wasn't the case. Recovery Me teaches me love and tolerance and to love people, but specifically you. I've all the love I have, the belief I have, the, in, the inspiration and shining mm, light right. that you are. People need to see that, right? And so, if it takes me whipping up a resume, making a phone call to do that, to give you the opportunity to take the action, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, right. Thank you. And you had that opportunity to work at New Freedom, and you just ran with it, Absolutely. right? And you loved, and I you loved, loved, and it you did. So much. You put your heart and soul oh, into that place. Man. To a fault. Yes. You cared more than everybody in the building. Oh, sure. Oh, dude. Facts. And I understand that. It made me I whole. get that. Like, yeah. they started calling me Mama Bear. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Morgan that works with you guys. And Doug. And uh, Savannah. And I. Yeah, shout out to the girls. Shout yes. out to all the New Freedom graduates who work yes. at Sanctuary. Yes. Sean, Casey, yeah, Preston. Yes. I mean, we got all the all-stars over all here. All of them. Like, and they truly are. They are. They're, they're amazing. But getting to work with these individuals taught me how to be a human being. But most, in top, most importantly, it taught me that I do deserve to be a mom, dude. Like, mm. uh, and today what, what, you're a mom. Yeah, and today mom I'm thing. a yeah. mom, dude. <laughs> so, like, yeah. if you would have asked me 15 years ago when I walked out on my kids if that would ever have been possible, I would have been like, dude, you're full of crap. You know what I mean? Like, that's not ever going to happen. And Valerie and all these beautiful people come in my life to ask me for advice. And half the time I tell everybody, don't ask me about um, relationship advice. Um Ron sees all the great colors and he knows how to solve problems and I characterize stuff and I I see things in black and white and that's something I worked on a lot because that used to be my worst weakness, right? And then now he's sharing these colors with me so I see the rainbow a little bit brighter, right? And um, I start letting people in and I I start learning what action to take right because love is an action word gratitude is an action word laughter is an action word like you gotta in order to laugh and know what that laughter really means or let laughter kiss your lips you gotta do some footwork because in the big book of alcoholics anonymous it says faith without works is dead i got covid and they sent me to the covid hotel shania i'm Still on my resentment list for making me go. Ron was on my resentment list for number. making me go. Like, yeah, oh, you I gave really? him the number. Yeah, I was <laughs> angry. I was so <laughs> freaking mad. But I was introduced to my higher power. Because for the first time in a long time, there was paraphernalia on the floor. There was a broken meth pipes around there. There was a little baggies, empty baggies around. And I... I read the big book. I called Ian Day. Ian Day is one of the most godliest men oh I know, my God, right? Oh, God, dude. Like, he is something. Yeah. 
shout out, dude. That's yes, my dude. But yes. have a conversation with that man. He About is, a higher power, right? Dude. And I call him and, and I'm crying and they just brought me some pizza and uh, I'm telling him all this stuff. And for the first 10 months of my recovery, I used everybody else's higher power, right? And uh, I didn't have my own. Yeah. And for the first time in those 10 days, I even sent you some pictures because all I wanted to do was read my big book or something yeah. in the pit of my stomach told me to read my big book and not think about what everybody else was doing outside. It was none of my business. I was just there to get better. My hate for Shania grew. I actually love Shania, right? She was a big part of my sober, sober living, getting sober, but I couldn't stand her for those 14 days. Um, not mad at her no more. I just like to talk crap about it. I feel that. But I was introduced to a, a higher power. And he became my higher power. And I talked to men and women those 14 days. And uh, something changed. Like something deep inside me deep, changed. Deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. But it's obscured by pomp, by worship of other things. But in some form or another, it is there. That's it's it. It's in us. Yes. But what happens is, yes. is shitty relationships, meth, heroin, weed, negative emotions, yes. bro you know, broken relationships, yes. resentments, yes. fears, all those things get in the way of that fundamental idea of God that's in us. The big book and a sponsor guide us. To form our own relationship exactly. because it's in us, right? It's in everybody, mm -hmm. but we have to find our connection. We align our actions with that connection and beautiful things happen. Beautiful. You got some of your kids back in your life and regardless of the ones that you don't, you love them. But what's most important about anything, it's on God's time. Yeah. When, absolutely, when and if, if yeah. you will be ready. Yeah. Yes. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to. I say it's like magic. It's magical, like everything that's happening, right? The last six months, I have these beautiful children. I held two of my sons in my arms. Like, I held them. Like, they came to my daughter's birthday party, and they hugged me. My whole time in prison, Ron, I talk to you about this all the time, is I wanted to know what they smelled like. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it was just something about their smell. I guess when they were little, I probably smelt them all the time or something. I just wanted to know that they were okay and what they smelled like. I got to smell my kids for the first time this year. I get to hold my daughter. I get to talk to her about boys. I get to talk to her about secrets. She has a she tests me on a daily basis more than half the women that I was in prison would ever test me. But she got that from her mama. You know mm. what I mean? Like, she has my attitude down packed. She is nothing like the old me, but everything like the new me. And I'm, I'm like, when she looks at me with certain looks, like she looks just like me. Or when she <laughs> says certain things, I'm like, little girl, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And I'm like, yes, obviously I do, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And it's just, gosh, it's so wonderful and it's so scary, but it's, yeah, it's abundance. It's so much bigger than I ever thought that I ever deserved, you know, like... And uh, I got to watch all these people, you and your wife with Bella and why your wife was pregnant with Gigi, how to be a mom. And I'm like, if they can do this one day, God's going to give me this understanding and this blessing, right? And, and lo and behold, here it is. And me and my 
my my my daughter Savannah, right? She calls me all the time and like we talk and we cry and uh, like she's starting to talk to me about her feelings and about liking me and about her dad because her dad passed away a while a couple years ago because of a heroin overdose and like she brings all these old memories up and she tells me about my mom and Jason if you would have told me when I was doing my first four years that my kids would like me bro like they like me. Like, they love you. They love you. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then I get this beautiful man in my life that I share all these beautiful things with, right? And I got some health issues going on. And I got such a fucking variety of people and women that I live with in my house. Like, And he comes over. I'm having such a bad day, Jason. And I've never had a man be kind to me before, you know? And he cries with me on the phone because I'm scared, like, what's going on with my insides and stuff. And uh, he says, it's okay, I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to be with you every step of the way. So I made some I made some um, doctor's appointments to get healthy. And, like, my kids are going to be there and my best friends are going to be there and I'm going to have this surgery. And uh, I thought I would never leave New Freedom because uh, these beautiful members I met and, like, I loved my job there, and in November, one of my members uh, got involved with this beautiful company, right, and uh, I never saw myself seeking for a career, like, or me having a career in behavior health, right, and or turning into them one. I'm a hood rat from the projects, from yeah, the block. Yeah, don't forget that, that shit. You know what I mean, <laughs> right? Kidding, okay. No, but you know what I mean. I know exactly you know what, what I mean? you mean, like, and now you're a I, career woman. Like, I never thought this would have been possible. I have a car. Like, like from a car dealership. Yeah, you do. It doesn't, it, Ron's not my sugar daddy, right? I don't depend on Ron to take care of me that way. It's mine. Yeah, you work for it's it. It's my, I, I work, I go show up, I suit up, I, I go mm-hmm. to work and, and like. It, Feels good as them. Uh, <laughs> man, it's under my name. Like, when was the last time I ever went joy riding with someone else's name on it? You know what I mean? But this is, this is God that blessed me with so many beautiful things. And, um. I sponsor, I sponsor these people, right? These beautiful human beings, and they come to me for advice. Uh, shout out Preston. Uh, shout out Rachel. Shout out little Minnie. Um, shout out to all of them because you're gonna forget yeah. some. There's so many. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, right? Like, and just all the the girls. Yeah, like, and I get to sponsor these beautiful human beings in a. They have no idea what they do for me, mm. like to get me out of my problems and myself. Because there's some days I, I take it out on the people that I'm close to, and I don't feel like I'm good enough or I'm doing good enough because all the trauma from my past. And then they come around, and I feel the presence of my higher power. I feel calmness. I feel that peace that you were just talking about a couple minutes ago. I feel the program become alive and that magical feeling starts floating around in the air again. And I know I'm here for a reason. You know what I mean? Found your purpose. There it is. There it is, a purpose, right? And everything that we do, right? We're collecting data. We're gathering evidence and experiences, right? Life is full of experiences, right? And so through a bunch of tragic experience, we were given the gift of pain and desperation. Through an experience of meeting 
people in the fellowship who found the solution, we were able to have our own experience through the book. Absolutely. And once we've had that spiritual experience, God is everything, right? And we know that we've experienced it. It's not a belief, right? Through awareness and action, we right. see the outcomes. It's God because it's never been done before. And we experience God and it flows through us, right? Mm-hmm. And then now today, we're maintaining it, but we get to experience life now. And it's such a beautiful thing, Lanny, and 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 you coming out here and doing this again, part two. Yeah. Thank uh, you I mean, so it was much. it's so powerful. I mean, we could go for hours yes, and hours and hours, could. you know, we because could. your story is so powerful. And next time the Lanny speaks at a meeting, we're gonna put it on social media. You gotta hear it in person. Mm-hmm. You gotta hear yes. it because you feel it. So, you know, Lanny, I love you. Thank you for being on the show. I love you too, Jay. And Ron, where can they find us at, Ronnie, no matter what? Man, the TikTok's off the chain. Dude, tell them about it, bro, please. TikTok, Ronnie, no matter what, powerless to powerful, Facebook, Instagram. Um, it's starting to pick up legs a little bit. The message is, is getting further and further out. And it further is. Out and-, and thank you to all of our listeners. All of you. We're in 34 countries, bro. I got a call hey. from I got a call from Spotify, dude. Right? Hey. Yes. <laughs> There's something I want to say real quick uh, to add to that. You know, it's we get sober and all these cool things start happening. I start thinking I'm important. It's nice to be important, but it's way more, more important nice, to, be to be nice, nice. right? Yes. I have to remind myself that because yep. that little ego inside rebuilds itself, and, and it does. Uh, it's it just does. amazing. It's but just like, amazing. like God's God's put us in a place, um, babe, where we're we're like, okay. For instance, right now, if when you get to watch this right now, and you're sitting there and you're listening to this, and you don't think that your life will ever get there. I'm here and these gentlemen next to me because they are gentlemen today to tell you that you do matter. You are loved. You are love and you are loved. And if you feel like that seat doesn't belong to you, don't let your addiction lie to you no more because the only one that has the power to take away that seat is you. Mm. And if you stay there and you get uncomfortable and you stay in that meeting and you keep coming back and sitting in that chair, not letting a damn person take it from you, you're going to learn some things and we're going to love you until you learn to love yourself. Never forget that there's other people out there that have a solution. If you like to come over to 43rd and Northern at the spot, we're always there. But never forget that you matter and you are loved. Well, there it is. And there it is there. You know, continue to like, subscribe, share everything, message us, get on the TikTok, Ronnie, no matter what. It is picking up legs. The message, the 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 guests that we've had, the message of hope that they bring through their experience is off the chain. So that's it for tonight. Continue to tune in. Episodes drop every week. Thank you for being all for all of your support. Can I do it one time? Thank you, Lanny. Can I do it one time? Go ahead. Who rocks the party that rocks the party? Yeah, I rock the, the party, party that rocks, rocks the, the party. party. Who rocks the party? Okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you.